Welcome to KC Corner episode 118. 118, welcome back, Brooks. What did you do for summer break? Well, listen, I had a great summer break. I had a family vacation uh, up to uh, our folks' cottage, which was really a first for me, Brooks, not a first being up there. I've been there since I was four. Think about that. And mm-hmm. I'm old, man. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time I had my whole family up there, my three grandkids, three dogs, mm-hmm. uh, up on How was the drive people. up there with the uh, doggos? Thank you for reminding me. I'm going to start having a tick here in my face. Uh, <laughs> the drive was long, um, but but God was good. So, uh, uh, <laughs> How that, long did it take you? Um, well, the whole total trip, we broke it up into two nights, probably about 20 hours, you know, stopping for potty breaks and doggy breaks and mm-hmm. all those road things. Road dog. So, You're a road dog. Exactly. They actually were great. So how about you, bro? So I had a great summer. Uh, fantastic time with my family up on one of the Finger Lakes. Mm-hmm. I know you got a little bit out of town too. Yep, yep. Golfed a little bit, fished a little bit, and then just got back from Michigan. Fantastic. Visited Amy's uh, extended family up there. It was their nice. grandpa's 80th birthday. Th- nice. So threw a surprise party for him. How'd you uh, like Michigan? It was great. It was very great. Cool in the evenings, which is nice. nice. And went on long walks and hung awesome. out. It's it's light there to like 10 p.m., which is pretty incredible? cool. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Yep. And you saw skunks, but you didn't get sprayed by one. Heard, heard about the skunk stories. Oh, they, yeah. they had a, before we got up there, they had a skunk problem. So they set out some traps and, and caught them. It's so tough having a skunk problem. Man. It they, is. They, that's, they, a, that's a real tough have problem. Have you smelled have. one before? No. Thank Ooh, goodness. Man, thank it's, goodness. It's strong. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Strong. Hey, so what episode are we on, did you say? 118. So this isn't like season two, uh, uh, you know, episode We can start out. We can do whatever we want. No, no, no. We can't. But, <laughs> hey, but by speaking of seasons one and two, I hear that you've started uh, to watch Stranger Things. Yes. Yes. It's about time, Brooks. What I know. I, I had watched the first season. I don't know what happened. I Just stopped watching coma. after the Yeah, I stopped <laughs> watching after that. So we're, we're in season two right now. It, nice. It's really good. It's nice. really good. It's good yeah. stuff. Well, well, I'd be a little bit farther, but I'm currently moving and we don't have internet yet. So Ooh. no Netflix right now. Man, you feel like back in the dark ages. Right, so no, exactly. No uh-huh. you Candles do. walking around, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So great summer. So, you know, I thought we also transition to not only what have we been doing, but what have I been saying? I mean, again, kind of picking up a little bit of where we've been. We're going we're gonna to have a little new nuance to this episode, which I love. But let's first by say start by saying, hey, what have we been saying over the summer at King's Chapel? And we uh, went on, right on the heels of the sermon series, We Are Family, We're a Part of God's Family. And we thought, if we're part of God's family, we got to know God's values, you know? And so we are in the midst of a sermon series, more topical than like going through a book and uh, uh, God's family values. You know, what is it that God values that as a family member we need to value? Especially now, Brooks, because our, our world values have shifted so severely in the last, I mean, again, the last decade or two, it's almost been warp speed where the values of certain things like marriage, uh, certain things like gender have just exploded in a different direction. And so with that, let's go back to, to the book. Let's go back to God's word. Let's go back to God's character. Let's see what does he value and how does he pass that on to us? Mm-hmm. And so we've been looking at like God values life, of course, and God values gender and marriage and family and work. And we talked about he values, Charlie preached that he values grace, which is so good. And he also humility. And so we're going to get more into some of those personal qualities. But uh, we also talked about, you know, he values last week authority. Um and all of that is under the umbrella of a Christian worldview. And we're going to pick that up here in a minute about what a Christian worldview is. 
But even authority books, as Americans, we just don't really like to be under authority. Uh, we love autonomy. We love our freedom, our independence. But as we realize God made us in his image and gave us great authority, dominion over everything, he also placed us under his authority. And, mm-hmm. and so what does it look like for us to live under the authority of our great God? And how does our sin and rebellion affect that? And how does Jesus as our Lord restore that? But even the authority of God's word. And, and as Christians, that's, that's just not a story that, you know, um, we look to time and again to maybe get a little bit of inspiration or whatever. That's, that's our guidebook. Yes, it is a story. But here's what I think, Brooks. We live in a time where the world's values are so different than they were a couple generations ago, a couple years ago, whatever. Uh, and God's word never changes. And it's the mm-hmm. same yesterday because it's his character today forever. Um, so and I, I, I believe the enemy is trying to get God's people to just not pay attention to God's word. And, you know, therefore, we got to be able to enter into dialogue and conversations with the world and not just give our opinion, but be able to state what God has revealed to us through his word. I know that we're going to be criticized for that. Like, oh man, that's an old book. How can you believe that or whatever? But, you know, if our reason is to win the day or we're to legislate our way out of this, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, that was a hope. So. Well, this sermon series kind of reminded me when we went through, I believe, Second Timothy last fall when we were getting ready to install elders of mm-hmm. kind of what the church family and church structure looks like. And this is more looking at like your family structure and family life and uh, those values. But that's kind of awesome. boiling it down to the God's word is a story at the end of the day. And people try and like turn to a page and like get insight from it or like I should do this or can't do this, whatever. Like it's told in a story because that's what we understand and all these broken people throughout the Bible. And it makes it a whole lot easier to understand that. And and the whole story has one hero, Jesus, and it Mm -hmm. points to him. And, uh, and there are some head scratching pages of what was that all about? (laughs) And I get that, but you know, um, I'm, I've mentioned from the pulpit that, the story I'm listening to right now is a book. Um, it's called Land of Hope. And uh, uh, it's a phenomenal story. It's a story of the American democracy. And I'm almost through it right now. And uh, But the, the whole thing starts off by saying, you know, that everything under, is understood in story. If you don't have a story, if all you have is facts, uh, let me see, it's Wilford McClay. I just pulled it up. Wilford McClay, Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. Mm-hmm. And it's been so amazing because he says, hey, even this history is a story. Mm-hmm. And he tells us the facts in the midst of a story. And as they connect, they, they kind of make sense. They, they bring come to life. And mm-hmm. uh, the Bible is this beautiful story that God's given us. It's a beautiful story. I mean, yeah. just the literary beauty of the Bible alone is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the whole story itself. But anyway, but with that, with this whole thing where we are is, we started this with week one of God's family values of, of worldview. So let's make a little pivot here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Like, is there any more you have to say? I was right? going to say I love yeah. the part for Psalm 119 where uh, the authority to equip us, uh, God's word will be profitable for us. Just telling us like you're not going to feel like you wasted your time when you yeah. dive into the word at all. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and, and, and Psalm 19, I think you also were quoting a bit of there of Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3. Mm-hmm. That, you know, God's word is useful and mm-hmm. it is useful to do work of equipping us, training us, rebuking us, mm-hmm. all these things. And it, and it goes on to say that that verse ends with for us to do the good works he's called us to. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if we neglect it, if it's on the shelf, it's not very useful, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, 
I love the way that even God's word says, hey, it should be sweeter than honey to our taste. I mean, it should be something, a part of our, our daily life. And, yeah. And before we move on from that too, this is the first time I've read through the Bible like in a year. And it's a lot of the first time, admittedly, since I've read the Old Testament since I was in Mr. Powell's class. Yeah. Like all these stories I'm thinking about when I think it was like seventh grade in Mr. Powell's Old Testament class. Wow. Like, oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. going through Second Kings or yeah. Judges and sure. all these books. And I'm doing the chronological one like you are. Oh, so yeah, it's fantastic. from, you know, the beginning all the way through. And yeah. be able to see that whole story is incredible. It's amazing. I'm proud of you. That's good for you, Brooks. I mean, uh, uh, that's an amazing story. And as you know, I love to try to go through it every year. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's incredible. But you can go to what you're going to talk about now. All right. Well, we Brooks and I thought about when we relaunch uh, KC Corner, uh, what little nuance can we add? And we thought maybe we could pick up a topic and spend some time over a month or a little bit of a season to talk about a topic. And what we want to talk about is kind of fits nicely with this Christian worldview and Christian education. Um, and so... This morning, uh, I'd love to talk to, we have a special guest this morning, a very special birthday boy guest. It's uh, Caleb Ward Jakes is in the house. Happy 27th birthday. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. Oh, Great okay. way to start my birthday. <laughs> yeah, get up early and come mm-hmm. to KC Corner. Happy Excited. birthday. I made you coffee. So uh, uh, anyway, um, both of you, you guys look alike. You've been best friends since kindergarten. Both of you are lifers in a Christian school. You both went, obviously, K through 12 in a mm-hmm. Christian school. And both of you end up at, at, at you know, public universities or liberal universities. So I know Rollins is private. And so, you know, uh, Caleb, and I know, Brooks, you started at Rollins and you finished at UCF, which I thought UCF meant you can't finish. I know. But, or always under construction. Under <laughs> yeah, construction forever. Forever, yeah. 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 So, uh, but you've done it. Congratulations. Thank you. So let's talk, a, let's spend a few couple minutes and just say, you know, what do you think about Christian education? Let's start with a big, broad brush picture. You know, what do you what do you think of Christian education for having been through it for, mm-hmm. you know, everything except for your college years? Go ahead, birthday boy. Yeah. So uh, admittedly, I think these might be things that looking back, I appreciate more potentially than when I was going through, you know, elementary sure. school, middle school and high school. But uh, I thought there was kind of a few things. I think the first thing is just kind of the symbol of You know, there's a lot of parents that just prioritize a Christian education and they're sending their kids um, to to a Christian school. I think looking back, that's really cool. It puts you in a situation where you're going to be with classmates whose parents have similar worldviews, Mm -hmm. um, which which typically in turn is going to mean you're probably going to have similar worldviews. So I think just seeing that, hey, there's a group of teachers, faculty and parents that are all kind of bought into this idea of, hey, this is really important. Uh, and we're going to send our, our daughters and sons to, to a Christian school. So I think looking back, that's a just kind of a really cool symbolic thing, A. Right. And B, I think in turn with that, it, it helps kids kind of set their priorities right. Um, you know, an education is important, but in a Christian school, it should never be, hey, your grades are going to be the most important thing. Um, it's going to be, you know, your faith uh, and your walk with Christ. Um, and, you know, in practice, that's going to be easier said than done. Sometimes, you know, in a math class, it's it's maybe more difficult to how do I emphasize your walk with Christ above, hey, I just need you to pass this. So That's and, awesome. But uh, I think it just it helps kids set up their priorities straight. And I think that can be a difficult thing as um, people end up graduating high school and go to college. If they don't have kind of a set of priorities, it's going to be really tough to kind of find them, I think, oftentimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I often think about that, Caleb, as far as if you don't know who you are leaving high school, good luck going through college. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're going to try to find it in so many wrong places, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we all long for our identity to be secure. And at that mm-hmm. age, when you're 17, 18, 19, you know, that, that's a pretty uh, shifty ground anyway, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you talk about a little bit about, okay, you're in an environment that there are similar worldviews. You talk about the priority of certain things in a Christian school. You know, scripture will say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And and that mm-hmm. basically to really know um, is to have a, a Christian biblical worldview. Is that mm-hmm. anything about, you know, I guess when you're in the midst of college, high school or, you know, elementary Christian school, you're probably not thinking, oh, I'm really learning because I'm getting this through the lens of who God is as creator, sustainer of all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, was there ever a time where you, you, that clicks in or, I mean, or is that just as you're going through? I think, I think certain teachers and Mrs. Moore was a really good one that we had of just like in high school, especially. And as you get to the end of it, like when you're applying for colleges, everyone's stressed and their self-worth is in if you get into this school or don't get into this school or who your friends are and everything like that. Mrs. Moore always did a good job of like, if you're struggling or whatever, or if you're doing great, she said she loves you, God loves you, and like that's not what your self-worth is in. Like it's mm-hmm. not in GPA or any of your grades. Interesting. Again, mm-hmm. I, I think that that really hits the way you're treated as an image bearer, the mm-hmm. way you're treated as valued beyond just a student. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, I remember when I was in trigonometry in high school, um, I had a teacher named Mr. Kehoe. He was a great teacher, really liked him, and I, I don't remember what we were studying, but... I had the audacity to blurt out, oh, man, Mr. Kehoe, this is stupid. And and he stopped. He said, Mr. Jakes, nothing in mathematics is stupid. <laughs> and he's right. But, you know, with a Christian worldview, it's like, no, 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 God is logical. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is a God of logic. God is a God who, look at how he's created everything. Look at the mathematics. I mean, look at the science. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so I love where Miss, Mrs. Moore was. She's an amazing person. Um, but I would also say... You know, it was, was there a linking, um, and I hope there was, to like, hey, history has a story because God's the God of history, you know, Mm -hmm. or mathematics has an order because God is a God of order, Mm -hmm. you know, and and kind of linking it so it's just not the foci, the the, the, uh, studying of this one little thing, but connecting it to the big story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we probably did that that somewhat. And I think, you know, maybe that would be kind of the start of a year of, hey, this is why we're studying this. Um, yeah, it's a tough one in math because it's like, yeah, you, you you need to know, hey, God is the God of mathematics. But also at the end of the year, there's going to be a test that you Exactly, pass. you know, Pythagorean so, theorem, right? But, like I, but C I think, squared, A squared, B squared, whatever that is. Yeah, but within that, though, you still have a, a school day that is going to have at least one subject that is just going to be nothing else other than a Christian worldview, whether it be... Hey, it's going to be a Bible class or it's a right. you know Christian living class, and right. I think that kind of sets the stage potentially for those other uh, you know classes you're going to have of hey, this is the most important. And again, I think it just goes back to that priority where hopefully you're not sweating and worrying as much in math class if you're not understanding it because 
you just came from a class, you know, on Christian living or, or sure. Christian worldview that's going to really tell you the much more important things and, and harp on the much more important things. So I think, you know, too, on that one uh, with, like, science classes. So Mrs. Waldheim did a really good job with it in, like, biology. Uh, I think it was, like, eighth grade Mrs. Phillips we had for, I think, like, life science, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of like in a biology. So explaining how God created it. And because at UCF mm-hmm. I had to take some uh, prelim classes, like anthropology, and study of human history history and just you know what they thought about evolution and all these things and like it was so different than what we got from our school uh, (laughs) in our science classes Mm. Mm -hmm. well interesting interesting let's let's use that as a segue by by the way before we do segue you know i I know also know you guys were were kids i mean you were growing up and you Mm -hmm. were playing baseball and going playing golf and and doing different things that were just so normal and so Mm -hmm. i would imagine you felt like a normal kid going to school it wasn't like you know you know, it was mm-hmm. some weird cult that you're going to. It mm-hmm. was, it felt, because I know you competed with other schools that were public mm-hmm. in, in sports and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah, and I, I grew up in Apopka and a lot of my kids I uh, played baseball with, they all went to Lake Brantley or like the public school system, Teague and Bear Lake and everything like that. So I was around, I don't know, secular kids or kids that went to public school right. all the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you think that your Christian education prepared you? Was there... You, you talk about your anthropology class at UCF. I mean, did you feel prepared to get, enter into a liberal school like Rollins? And what was some of the contrast? Yeah, uh, I definitely felt prepared. I think it's a combination of, you know, it wasn't exclusively just going through middle school, high school, and elementary as well, but probably not as much. You know, with a, with a Christian education, I also think at home is really important. Uh, personal reflection is really important. Group of friends is really important. I think the, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, Pops, of, you need to have a confidence in yourself and a confidence in what you believe when you go off, um, you know, or, or you might have kind of a tougher time finding your way. You might stumble a little bit more, you know, from 18 to 22 when you're in college, which are formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like there was a confidence of faith and worldview that was well-rounded from probably started in the house and with family uh, and then also personal reflection and then friends. And I think when you have, you know, strong friendships, with people that have the same worldview, you're not as, as worried, oh, what if people disagree with me down the road? Because you yeah. have your community, you have your friends yeah. and your family and your Christian education as well. And that community is so important, you know, especially when you don't find it. Was there was there a moment in your college career when, yeah, I remember, Caleb, when you were thinking about going to Rollins and mm-hmm. we, uh, you're the only kid of our four children who didn't go to a Christian college. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Um, they were celebrating uh, a trans student on the front of one of their magazines. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow, this is completely different worldview than anything we've ever experienced. And it was like, wow, yeah. was there was there ever a moment at, at, at Rollins or or UCF where I guess your anthropology class, but you really felt like, okay, this is in complete disagreement or collision course with Christian values. Yeah, good question. I remember, so I, I would say first, I think the decision to go to Rollins was, was a really easy one just because of how clear it was that God had put that in my path, Right. which was incredible. Um, it was, you know, I was given that opportunity at a time that I wasn't really comparing colleges. So it was the only college I applied to. Um, and it was just a really clear open door. So I, I really appreciated that, you know, God baseball kinda, opened that door yeah. in many ways. I mean, God did, but he yeah. used baseball. Base, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, it just got to a point where it's like, hey, I can't, you know, ignore the fact that God has put this in front of me and made it a very clear option. And I'm so glad I went. Um, mm. So that was that was made a really easy decision. You know, thank the Lord for that. 
Um, and then I remember, yeah, it was before I even went to the first day. They, you know, send all their applicants or I guess their accepted their acceptees, like the the you know Rollins kind of magazine, and that was where that that trans student was being celebrated on. And um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by it, I guess. And I think it kind of goes back to, hey, I had some confidence at, at 18 um, in my faith and worldview. And, you know, obviously I hadn't experienced a whole lot of life, but I didn't think that there was going to be something of, oh, man, there's these differing worldviews. Like, I guess mine, you know, needs some reshaping. I never felt that at all. Mm-hmm. There was probably some events on, on campus that I knew, hey, I'm going to pretty much disagree vehemently with everything that these people are probably going to be preaching or that they're mm-hmm. going to be saying. Um but yeah, I think there was just a confidence of that doesn't change anything that I believe. Yeah. If anything, I just it kind of makes you realize, hey, everybody's searching for something. Sure. And how how blessed and how much of a blessing is it if you feel like you found that before you go off you yeah. know, to college and that's something you can always go back on. That's mm-hmm. good. Both of you guys were business majors. I mean, I know you did that MBA 3-2 program and, and Brooks, I know you finished up with a, a business degree. Did you have an emphasis? It was a finance. Oh, uh, finance, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You've always been bright. Both of you guys are. And I would think that you're probably the Christian worldview in the business world. I know it would be challenged some. I mean, you know, it, it uh, it's kind of interesting um, uh, some of the views they might take of, of hiring, hiring mm-hmm. practices and mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. But um but I would imagine things like psychology or biology mm-hmm. or anthropology or some other um, yeah. you know, studies might be really a little bit more uh, against it. So. My, my first uh, um, interaction, I guess, was actually at Rollins my freshman year when I was there. It was my writing professor who I actually really liked a lot. It was in the spring uh, semester and it was Easter weekend coming up. So I believe we had like that Friday and Monday off or something like that. And she had oh. mentioned it like, okay, we don't have class like Friday and Monday because of like Easter. And she put like quotes around Easter. She was like Easter break. And I was like, no, it's like Easter. That's when Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. rose. Like, And that <laughs> yeah. was like my first instance because we grew up in a Christian school. That's sure. usually when spring break was get an extra yeah. day for Easter. And it was sure. a whole thing that we celebrated and talked about in our yeah. classes. But it was just like, yeah, it's just like we have these random days in spring off. Not sure why. Yeah. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's interesting you say that, Brooks, because let me let me quickly just say that, you know, I remember as a pastor of a church with a Christian school that you guys would be playing baseball. And we during the Holy Week, we would have a Thursday service mm-hmm. and just trying to say, hey, can you not have a, a game on Thursday? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to try to get these guys back to uh, Maundy Thursday service. And, you know, in a Christian school. It's hard not to have the world creep in. I mean, their schedule, our schedule, and you hear, you know, quote unquote Easter, but uh, that's 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 really interesting. So. For your for your business question, not necessarily in school, but it's this guy I actually found on Twitter like two days ago, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and this is anytime you get into like business Twitter, like hardcore business hardo, um, this is one of his tweets. I retired in my mid-30s working a regular job and doing the opposite of what most people tell you to do. These 13 unpopular opinions will make you very, very rich. And it's like oh. that. It's all like, you oh. know, focusing on yourself, working as hard as possible to yeah. obtain as much money as possible yeah. to then retire and do what you want. And yeah. it's all it's also just super focusing on yourself. Yeah, also super yeah. unrealistic. You know, scripture deals with that in the, in the book of Luke, Gospel of Luke. There was a guy who was rich who said, Hey, look at my fields. It's so good. Let me tear down my barns and big build bigger ones. And then I'll say say to myself, I will decide on myself. I'll say to myself, look at all you have. Rest and enjoy life. 
And, you know, the, the parable goes, you fool, you don't know what tomorrow holds. And, you know, you, you didn't ask anybody else's their opinion. It was all about you. It was mm -hmm. all about consumption. Mm -hmm. It was all about life and it wasn't enough. And so, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So the last question I have, uh, hey, thanks again, uh, guys. This has mm -hmm. been great. But the question I have is, would you send your kid to a Christian school? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I've actually talked to my wife, Hetty, about this and, and we don't have any children, so it's kind of a nebulous conversation, but, uh, I, I would absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, I would send my kid to a Christian school, but I also don't think I would have a problem with sending my, my kid to a public school either. Um, and you know, I think I, I pray that it's a decision that's as easy as the decision, like it was for me to go to Rollins. I anticipate it might not be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think, uh, it's, it's the community of, of people around you is going to be so important. Um, you, you're pretty confident when you send your kid to a Christian school that they're going to have some quality people around them. In a public school, though, I think that there's going to be quality people there, too. And you hope that your child has kind of the uh, the tact to find them out and to uh, to be confident enough to, to find them out and, you know, not not fall maybe in groups that you wouldn't want them to. And also, yeah, I, I loved Christian school and I loved the, the teachers and it's it's really important to have adults in your life um, as, as a kid that have their priorities straight and that are going to put you on the right path. But at the end of the day, it's your sons and daughters. So I do think it falls on the parents more than anything um, and, and just praying over your kids and, and trying the best to, you know. Well, I prepare. think that you make a great point at the end there. And it's really, it's so important. We all know that Christian education is primary the Christian parents' role, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we can't farm our kids off to a Christian school. But doesn't the worldview of what is happening right now with your child going to elementary school and mm -hmm. maybe being able to try to, they encouraged you, you know, let yeah. your gender be fluid until you really know what you want to be. And mm -hmm. does, does that not scare you uh, sending your yeah. kids into and, that environment? And we, that's, that's the exact conversation I had. I was like, I would send, I would be okay with sending uh, our potential son or daughter to a public school. Um, but this might not be a great metaphor, but I, I kind of said, I was like, I would have my finger kind of on the trigger of all it takes is one teacher to be telling your, and I mean, it can go pretty young too, unfortunately, but third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader, yeah. things that you just don't think that they need to hear. Sure. And it's like, I'd pull, they'd be out quickly, yeah. but you know, I don't know. We'll, and we'll see, it'll be a different time also whenever that happens and I'll look into that, but yeah. And it's interesting, know. Caleb, because in your family um, that was all grow, grew up, uh, all your siblings were lifers in a Christian school. Mm -hmm. Your youngest uh, sister teaches in a public school mm -hmm. and, uh, and and does well with that. Okay, how about you, Brooks? Are you going to send your kids to a Christian school? Yeah, I've thought about it too. I kind of agree with Caleb. Um, I think, I could be wrong, mom and dad, but I think I was only supposed to go to Orangewood through elementary school and I ended up liking it. I was only supposed to go through middle school and then ended up being a lifer. So I, I've... You're agreed, an accidental lifer. Accidental right? lifer. I think it was, I don't think it was that dramatic. I'm not sure. I'll have to sure. ask him. But I, I agree with Caleb where I, I had friends that went to public school too. And Logan Gilbert is one who um, grew up going to church and I saw him thrive in his faith and he went to Clay Springs and then Wakaiva high school. And, and, um, even when I coached at Seminole high school with Kenny Brown, like I know Kenny Brown is awesome and he was able to pray before games and be before practices. I'm not even sure if he was allowed to do that, but we had kids on the team and we talked about church and faith. And so it's nice. not completely not allowed to do sure. it at public schools. Um, and like Caleb said, if you trust in your kid and do what your job is at home, you know, they'll find the right uh, friend group. And that's what I've found at UCF too. You know, it's a 
public school, but mm-hmm. because it's so gigantic, there's mm-hmm. pockets of Christians there. It's not like there's it's 60,000 kids with no Christians and that's why you can't go there. It's mm-hmm. There's 60,000 kids. There's easily 10, 20,000 Christians that sure. meet with RUF or go to church and everything mm-hmm. like yeah. that. So and, they have that at public school as well. And mm-hmm. finding that Christian community is going to be so important. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's really good. So and, hey, any, any parting shots here? Uh, when you were saying... That last brilliant statement, Brooks, I had this thought like, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to comment. And it's gone. So, uh, <laughs> um, have to but, tune in next episode. Yeah, exactly. exactly. have to pick that back up, which we'd love to c- continue the conversation a bit uh, mm-hmm. with, with Christian school and mm-hmm. Christian worldview and, mm-hmm. you know, where do we go from here? So, um, yeah, as, as a pastor, I'll end with this thought. You know, it is, it's, it's, there's this urgency that people could see life through the lens of the gospel through the lens of the Bible, um, mm-hmm. because things really, which our world values, you realize, man, that's a slippery slope, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we got to do it lovingly. But we got to do it. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Scripture says, and uh, I think that it's too many times Christians turn off their brains and uh, mm-hmm. aren't taking the thoughts captive. Um, or when we take them captive, they're so politically charged that we don't have the biblical worldview. It's more of a political worldview, which is a little scary if those two things get too woven together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But probably a nice topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brooks, we're back, brother. We're back. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited for the new KC Corner tackling some new topics. It'll yeah, this will be great. And you know what? If you'd like to see us tackle a topic... Uh, Maybe send in to Pastor Jeff at kingschapelfl.com and let us know. Um, hey, Brooksy, we probably should get an email, you know, Casey Corner at kingschapel.com. Let's do it. Let's you know, make it official. Let's make it official, you know. And uh, All right, we'll, we'll let you know when that happens. Uh, Would you like to tease next week's guest or keep it a You know what? Uh, we, yeah, we're, 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 uh, I has, he hasn't been confirmed yet. Okay. So he's been invited. This will put pressure on him. Yeah, exactly. So we have invited someone who has been both a uh, – uh, uh, administrator in the Christian and public school realms, so and we're hoping that he could join us and talk a little bit more. Detail. Should be a fun week. Should be yeah. a fun week. Looking forward to it. Hey, there's always room for you in the corner. And by the way, come out to church Sunday. We have also one last thing: is this Thursday? If you're listening, uh, we have our last kind of summer get together, our back to school bash. Uh, it's Thursday. Right. It's going to start at five. If you have kids, bring them because we got a great water slide and a bounce house and. Uh, We'll wear them out. We'll wear them out. (laughs) All right, blessing everybody. See you guys.